Well, good morning. We're excited. Welcome to Palm Sunday. How, don't you like the children coming in with the palm branches? That was, that was awesome. A couple of them were like, I didn't say anything. I was too shy. I was like, hey, I get it. I get it. Because I promise you, when I was that age, you could not have paid me enough money or given me enough candy or anything to do anything like that. I would have been so afraid. I would have, I would have cried, and my mom would have came and got me and took me back to church. That's exactly what would have happened. So bless those kids as they come. What a great time to be in the house of the Lord today. Uh, this, is, this is like baby central here at the Collin Community Church. Matter of fact, you have to be really on your toes if you want to be the newest member of the Collin Community Church because we have brand new babies here and they're not even the newest of babies in our family. Already this morning about 5 a.m., uh, Greg, the guy that's playing the guitar, his son Tony, who plays the guitar and plays the drum, they had their baby, Casey had her baby this, this morning in the middle of the night. So Elijah came, his triumphant entry here on Palm Sunday Exciting. So you gotta, you got to be really on your toes to be the, the newest member of this church. What a blessing to have all these precious uh, families here with us today. Thank you for, for being here. So excited. I was telling someone that next Sunday will be only the second time in all of the years that I've been in ministry since 1997, 1998, that I've ever got a chance to preach on Easter Sunday morning. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to, to, to many more seats being Phil, because families and friends and people who are just curious, right, and just wanting to know more, you know, say, hey, it's Easter, maybe we should go to church, it's Easter, and so we're going to have plenty of opportunity and plenty of space for them to come, and we want to encourage you to be inviting them to come. At the end of the service today, we'll have an opportunity, you can grab some of these cards up here on the stage, there's five of the cards in there, and you can uh, use those to invite people, it's an easy tool just to put in their hands, say, hey, I'd love for you to come to church on Sunday morning, here's where it's going to be at. And so we got home yes, or last week, and so out in the cul-de-sac was a couple of fam- kids were out there playing. I thought, oh, now's my chance. And so I grabbed my cards, went out, boom, I got three families with one, with one shot. So I walked back inside, I was like, I don't know about you guys, but I've already invited three families to church. How are you guys doing? And uh, my, kid, my teenagers who were on their phones, I'm sure, were probably thinking, they, uh, well, we're inviting our friends right now. Yeah, that's what you're doing, Sure. So what, a, what an exciting time. Hey, just real quick, I want to warn you that next week I, I am going to wear a suit and a tie. So you're welcome to wear a suit and a tie if you want. You don't have to. Don't feel like you need to. But if you want to dress up, I just want to let you know ahead of time that I'm going to be dressing up. I've got these suits. We've got to wear them, all right? So I might as well, might as well go ahead and put them on and enjoy, enjoy all of that. So whew, we've been on this journey the last few weeks of, of a, prayer, a prayer journey leading up to this day. And so along this, this journey, along this prayer journey that we've been on, we've encountered all kinds of different things. We've encountered many different types of people. We have, we have, we have looked at the idea of what if it means to evangelize, to share your faith with others that you come in contact with. And when that happens, the fruit of that is reconciliation, re- lives being restored, relationships being restored, from between us and God and between us and other people in our lives. And I wanted to share with you today that I believe the fruit of, of a reconciled relationship, any relationship, is peace. Think about that. When, 
Have you ever been in, in a situation where you kind of had a falling out with someone and you know that you're going to probably end up having to see that person or you don't know and you run into them just accidentally at the store and you're like, oh, 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 hey, hi, or you try to avoid them maybe, you duck behind the cheese stand, you know, or whatever, so they don't see you because you're, you're afraid of what that's going to be like. Have you ever had one of those feelings, maybe friends at school, you like you had a falling out with your friend, but you know you're in the same class the first hour of the day, what are you going to do? There's no, there's no rest there, is there? It's re- really unrestful. There's no peace. But yet when you fix that friendship and you go, hey, I'm really sorry. I, I was just being stupid. And I, you know, I'm sorry I did that. And you're like, yeah, I'm sorry too. And then all of a sudden, that relationship's just restored. It's better, isn't it? It's just so much better the next time you see it. You like look for, oh, hey, hey, you run across the store to go see them because that relationship has been restored. You know, so many times I believe, just this is a side note, I wasn't even, didn't even write this down, but I was thinking so many times people are so afraid to walk in the doors of a place called church because they're afraid that maybe, maybe um, God won't, won't want them there or, some, or, the, or they, won't, they won't be welcomed or accepted or God doesn't love them anymore or, or the people will judge them or whatever it is. I know that happens so many times. I remember one time a boy came to church and he was a fifth grader, and I was like, hey, you know, what's your name? He told me. I said, are you, are you here with your family? And trying to get some background information. He's like, oh, no. My mom said if she ever walked in the church, she'd catch on fire. I was like, wow, okay. You know, that's exactly what we would want to happen. Like, for a good thing, for a good reason. We want your mom to be on fire, but not like to die. <laughs> so, but some people feel that way. We'll walk in the church. So, you know, this is easy. This is school, all right? So kind of a neutral area. You walk in, you know, maybe God doesn't know I'm here or not. I'm not sure. But here's the thing, God, God wants you to be in a relationship with him. He loves you and he wants to bring you peace. And so we're going to look at this word peace, and we're going to dig into this word. So in the Old Testament, spiritual peace, or the word shalom, was realized in relationship. You know that? That's where peace comes from. Matter of fact, it's a word meaning wholeness or completeness. And so when your relationship is established or reestablished with God, you become whole again. There's peace in your life. It's realized when people are, people are re- rightly related to him and to one another, which we, we spoke about reconciliation. In the New Testament, this word is still shalom, but it's, it's more of this idea of peace found in, um, in a sense of salvation. Peace that comes when we are, what, what the John chapter 3 would say, is born again. When we are reconciled to God. That's when we experience the ultimate peace. And that's the reason why Jesus came, right? Jesus rode into into town to bring peace. He came to bring peace and the good news. And and so 700 years before Jesus was even born, it was even talking about this idea. So for unto us a child is born. Sounds like a Christmas passage right here. And I heard my pastor say at the Baptist church a hundred times, we're not Christmas people as much as we are Easter people, right? Because of followers of Jesus, the death and the resurrection of Jesus is what we hang all of our hope and our, and our, our faith in. But the Bible says that in, in uh, Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus was born, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called, what? Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of what? The Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace, it says, of this increase there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it 
and to establish it with, just, with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So today we're going to be talking about peace coming. And so I think about Jesus riding in to the city, bringing his peace. And there's a powerful word at the end of this, this, uh, this scene of Jesus coming in to the city of Jerusalem that, that I'll share with you a little bit later on. But it, so I want you to hear just a little bit about, in each one of the Gospels, this how Jesus came in to the city, okay? So I'll, I'll reference it. You can turn to it if you want. I'm just going to read through them real quick, but we're really going to focus in Luke. But all four of the Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's the, all four of the stories of Jesus' life and his, his death and his resurrection, all talk about the triumphal entry. But there's a little bit different, uh, little different language in each one. So the first one's in the book of Matthew, so Matthew 21. So you can turn to it if you want, or you can just, just listen along. Matthew 21, it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you at once, and you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. This is in the book of Zechariah, chapter 9. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them along the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Look in Mark chapter 11. So interesting that you have these eyewitnesses of what was going on and their rendering of the story and how, uh, how they see it, just like when we have different experiences, how we would maybe relay the story or tell a story, maybe we tell it with a little bit different detail, maybe we heard things that another person mentioned. Matter of fact, it was funny this morning, we were walking and we were picking up trashers. Thank you so much for those who came early to walk around the school and pick up all the trash around the school. You don't realize how much is out there until you really start looking for it. And so we noticed that we walked one direction and we picked up trash. Then we turned around and came back the other way. And we, we just missed so much. There was so much there that we didn't even see going, the, going one direction. So I just wanted to share that because I think it's fascinating how you, when you have these different renderings of the story, you're going to get some different detail. It doesn't mean that they're false or they're not true. It's just like people see it a little bit differently. So look at Mark chapter 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. So it's a, different, it's a little bit different detail about the colt, right? In the first story, it talked about a donkey and a colt. This it just talks about a colt. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, which I think is a silly question, right? If anyone asks you why you're just taking their, their donkey or their colt, you know someone's going to say something about that. 
untie it and bring it here. It says, and if anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Tell them the Lord needs it, and he will send it back there shortly. I'm going to try that at a, at a car lot. I'm just going to go like, hey, I just need this car, this Corvette. I'll, the Lord said I need The Lord said. So we'll see how that goes. Then they went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it and he sat on it, many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches that they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming king of the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Je- Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Look at John, chapter 12. John, chapter 12, verse 12. The next day, the crowd that had come for the feast said, had heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey, sat upon it as it is written. Do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a colt or on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and what they had, and what, um, excuse me, about him and that they had done these things to him. Isn't it interesting that every, every one of those is just a little bit, little bit different, but the meaning is the same. The waving of the palm branches was a symbol of a, uh, a fervent hope that a Messiah was coming. Someone finally coming to rescue us, to liberate us, to set us free. The word Hosanna means Lord save us or give salvation now. Like God, now, please, now is the time. Come and save us. And it was no coincidence that Jesus presented himself the way that he did. It wasn't an accident that he just happened to be on a donkey or on the colt of a donkey. He wanted to come and demonstrate, demonstrate the, sense of, uh, the sense of peace. I come differently than you would imagine. Differently than you would imagine a king coming. It's really more about the kingdom than it is about me. I come in such a way that it's just different than anybody would expect. But the king has come. And the purpose is to reconcile the people to their creator. That's the reason why he's there. It says this is what Jesus has been doing for the past three years of his life and ministry. If you just rewind a little bit and look at all that Jesus had accomplished before the time or after the time that he walked into church one morning, read from the prophet Isaiah and said, this is why I'm here. He says, I've been anointed to preach good news to the poor. I'm going to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. I'm going to, the recovery of sight for the blind. I'm going to release the oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is why I have come. And that is what he did. You just look and you see how he brought peace to a leper with disease and a paralytic who couldn't walk and a a woman who suffered for 12 years from an issue that she couldn't get any help from doctors and then a little girl 
who had died, and Jesus made her live. I just want you to consider uh, this thought. Think about the peace that Jesus restored to people's life during his ministry. Incredible, incredible opportunities that he had to, to touch the lives of people. He brought peace to people who had storms in their lives, and he even brought peace to the storm while he was in a boat. He met a demon-possessed man that he set totally free. And not only did peace come to this man, but peace came to the whole region that he lived in. Deaf ears would hear, just like he said they would. Blind eyes would be able to see. And in one cool story in the book of Luke, which is right after, or right before where we'll read here in just a minute, Jesus meets a man who thought he could find peace in accumulating great amounts of money, great wealth, and great, you know, the more stuff, the more peace that he had. But after Zacchaeus met Jesus, if you know the story, Zacchaeus found more peace in giving his wealth away than he did in accumulating it. It was more than just a message that Jesus preached. It was a life that he faithfully lived, right? He faithfully lived this life that led him all the way to the cross. And we'll get to that. We'll get to that later on. It was for this very reason that Jesus came. So I want you to turn to Luke chapter 19. This is, uh, once again, this is just another rendering of the story of Jesus coming in. The little bit more detail that I wanted to point out this morning. Luke 19, let's start uh, verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, tell them the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the ground. And when he came to the place near where the road goes down, the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began joyfully to praise God in a loud voice and all, for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now what does that remind you of? Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. It reminds you of what the angels were proclaiming when Jesus' birth was announced. It's just fascinating to me, like the praise at the beginning and the praise towards the end is the same. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, Jesus replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. See, that's a detail that we don't have in any of the other Gospels. And listen to what he says. And this... This is this point that I really want you to grab this morning. As he approached the city, he wept over and he said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you 
and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. And what Jesus said in that passage of Scripture happened about 70 years later, just like he said it would. And the city of Jerusalem was laid bare. And Jesus said, you, you just, you don't see it. You don't see what's coming. You missed it. And we might be tempted to sit here today and think, how could they miss it? How is it possible for them to be eyewitnesses and to hear the stories? I mean, they didn't have social media, but you know word got out back then about all that Jesus had been doing. It said that they had, were praising Jesus for all the miracles that they had seen. Even if you had not seen the miracles, you had definitely heard about him. And you probably knew somebody that had been touched by Jesus somehow. And yet they still missed it. All the prophecies fulfilled. All the miracles performed. Surely we would have been convinced, right? If we would have been there. Surely we would think to ourselves, I wouldn't have missed it. Like, I would have got, like, it would have been clear to me. I just know who I am, how I am. I would have seen it or I would have heard about it and I would have been convinced. Would we have been? Are we now? Because here's the thing. We know the rest of the story, don't we? The video that we showed, it's got, it's just an end to the video. It's going to go on. There's going to be more to that story. We know what happens. We live on the other side of Easter Sunday morning. We live on the other side of the cross. We know what happens next. And I don't want you to miss in this next week leading up to Easter Sunday morning. Don't miss what happens next. Don't miss it personally. Let it, let it affect you. I want, you, I want to encourage you. It's a little, bit of a, a home, a little bit of homework assignment. All of these passages of Scripture that I read to the triumphal entry, read on in every gospel to the end. Because there's more, to this, there's more left to be done. There are, you're going to see how um, Jesus washes his disciples' feet on Tuesday. How he shows them the full extent of his love by serving them, teaching them, and preparing them for what's about ready to happen. You're going to see how Judas on Wednesday makes a deal with the devil and for the average price of a slave betrays Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. You're going to see on Thursday night when the disciples gather to celebrate the Passover meal how Jesus transforms that meal and turns it into something brand new. The old covenant is gone and a new covenant has come. We're going to celebrate that here at the end of the service, by the way. You're going to see how after that time where they transform this meal, Jesus gets up and they go to a garden with some of his closest friends. He goes to pray and he asks the Father, is there any other way to bring about this peace that you have promised to these people? Is there any other way? But nevertheless, let it not be about me, God. Let it be about your will being done. And then there's Friday. Friday's coming. Oddly enough, through, through time, it's been called Good Friday, though in, in, in Germany, I hear that they call it something different, <laughs> a dark Friday. The darkest of all of the days. 
But it's good because it's good for you and me. Because, yeah, our sin is dark and it's desolate and it's awful. But yet, because of what Jesus accomplished that day, it's good news for you and me. We see the kiss of betrayal, the arrest in the garden, the denial of Peter, the trial before Pilate, the mocking, the whipping, and ultimately, the cruelest way to die. We see the crucifixion. That's Friday. Read about it. Wrap your mind around it this week. Wrap your mind around this thought. All that Jesus has done to bring me peace. And then say, God, please don't help me. Don't, don't allow me to miss this. <laughs> don't allow me to miss the peace that Jesus offers me. And then on Saturday, rest, if you can. Just rest. Enjoy your family and your friends. And be ready for Sunday. Because Sunday is coming, right? I love that. There's Friday and then Sunday is coming. Do you believe this morning that Jesus longs to make his peace a reality in your life? Right where you are at, or you're at right now. Right in all the details of your life. All that you're going through. All that you've gone through. Or you know what? All that you're getting ready to go to and you don't even have any idea of. Jesus wants to make himself, his peace a reality in your life. And until that happens, we won't experience the peace that he promises. Just like Jesus was saying, you've missed it. I'm encouraging you this morning, don't miss it today. Don't miss it tomorrow either or the next day. Don't miss the peace that he offers you in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through. Get a message this week of a young lady that... uh, New mom, new wife, and all the struggle that comes along with that. Um, she comes to me just in tears. Her husband has been unfaithful. It's just early on in their marriage, and she's ready to just chuck it all in. She's, I'm done. I can't do this. There's no peace there in her life right now. And I... Uh, I was just listening to her story, and we're trying to unpack some of it, and I just, this, this thought hit me, and, and I want to share this thought with you as I was walking through this with her, that, and, and you know, this is especially true of men, and men, I just want to challenge you guys in this particular area, especially true in our, in, in for us, there are pieces of our life that we won't allow Jesus to ride into. We just won't, because we're afraid. We're afraid that we might either have to stop or give it up or deal with it or become vulnerable or whatever it is. We're just, maybe just we're afraid of being known for who we really are. We're just afraid of that. And there are pieces of our life that we won't let Jesus have access to. And Jesus is crying out to you this morning saying, don't miss this. Don't miss it. And I'm picking on the guys, but girls, it's the same, but not as much. You open up a little bit better than we do. Seems like it for some reason. Pieces. But unless you give God all of the pieces, you'll never truly know what his peace is. Do you hear me? Unless you give God all of the pieces of your life, you'll never know what his peace is. You'll never fully experience it. And you'll never truly know what it is to truly live the life that God has promised for you. I mean, Jesus says, I have come to give you life to the full, and that's what he means. It 
It's to the fullest. So, gentlemen, find a place. Like I was just encouraging her, hey, tell your husband to come. He doesn't know me, but tell him to come and unpack what's going on in his life. I get it. I understand. I, I am I'm just like him. I know what he struggled with before. Have him come. I don't know if he will or not. Hopefully he does. He can pray that he does. And so earlier this week, Ginger and I were talking and we were praying and sharing some different things. And she, uh, she was praying. And while she was praying, she, she, pray, she prayed this prayer and that I thought was so powerful. She prayed this prayer that, that there is comfort in your chaos. Like, it's almost like yeah, there's moments or places of unrest in our life, and we almost, we believe this lie that there's comfort there. Like, we're, we're okay there in the dysfunction of it all. When the reality is, is no, there's no comfort there at all. There's an absence of God's peace there. Don't believe the lie that it's better there than what Jesus has prepared for you over here on the other side of that, right? If that's the case, then we're just stuck at the cross on Friday. We never make it to Sunday. We never make it there. If we never allow God into that place, and do not believe the lie that it's better where you are than where he can take you. And yeah, maybe it's going to hurt to get from, there to, from here to there, but, but I encourage you to press on through that, just like Jesus pressed on through, through the other side of the cross for you and me, right? Don't stay there. There's this, this thought of peace is foreign to some people. Like they never really know what it is to experience his peace. And that's sad. Jesus weeps over that for you. It's like he wept over Jerusalem. Don't miss this. Maybe you believe that there's a, a part of your life that Jesus just can't abide there. He just can't. It's a lie. It's not true. So I want you to uh, just close your eyes right where you're at. And the worship team is going to come up and we're going we're to do a song. And we're going to get ready to receive from the Lord. And when we do communion here at the Calling Community Church, we, we offer you the opportunity to go ahead and give your offering at that particular time because it's a matter of giving and receiving from the Lord. But I promise you the thing that the Lord wants more than anything you could put in a basket is what's going on inside of you. He wants all of the pieces of your life. And so here's, here's how it'll work, um, if, it, if you're new to this. When the, um, when the music starts, when, you, when you're ready, because I want to give you a moment um, of contemplation, if you will, just kind of right where you're at, and maybe even ask this question, hey, God, is there, are there any pieces I'm not allowing you into? I'm not allowing Jesus to ride into that part of my life. And if it's true, um, open up that, that place right now and I'll let him come. If you're here this morning and you've never given your, your life to Jesus, never put your faith and your trust in him, the Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. If you've never, ever done that, truly made that commitment of faith to Jesus, I encourage you to do it 
right now and then come to the table and receive. And so when you're ready, just come. You can come to both sides and come and just take a, a piece of the bread, a cup of juice, spread out, and, and then together as a family we'll receive the Lord's Supper, remembering what Jesus has accomplished for us. And so just take this moment right now to be silent before the Lord. Invite Jesus in. He's your Prince of Peace. Let him come. And then when you're ready, come forward. Another passage in Isaiah that there's a phrase that says the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And it's referring to what, was Jesus, what Jesus was getting ready to experience in his life when he came to the cross. And Jesus was there. Can you imagine that Thursday night with his disciples? And he took the bread and he broke it and he tells them, this is my body broken for you. Like, they didn't really get it <laughs> until afterwards. Isn't it amazing that we have the opportunity to get it today and to remember this, this body that he offered uh, willingly in order so that we wouldn't have to take all of that. He took it upon himself. And so Jesus told them, this is my body, do this. When you eat it, do it in remembrance of him. So take and eat. And then he took this cup, the cup of redemption. Remembering the freedom of the people of Israel out of captivity, he said, this cup is the new covenant. <laughs> He's saying to them, by what I'm getting ready to do on the cross, I'm going to bring you freedom that will last forever. Peace that can come because of what he suffered on the cross. And so when, he, when we do this, when we drink this cup, we do it and remember us what Jesus has done for us. So take and drink. So Father, we come to you right now as a church, as the body of Christ in this community. And we pray for your peace. God, right now, just in oh, the people that are close to you, just People just, just pray, like for the people that are close to you, that peace would come into their life. Ask for peace to come into your own life. God, I pray that they would, re, they would know, that each one of us would know that we cannot do this alone, that all of us have pieces of our life that we need to, to share and to be open and honest about to, in order for us to really know what your peace is for us. We pray for this, the city that we live in, for the surrounding communities that we come from, God, that there would be an incredible celebration of your peace soon in our lives, that people would experience you in a new and fresh way. God, we pray for this next week that's coming up, that we would dig into what your word says about what happened, what you accomplished from the time you rode into the city to the time that you rose again. Help us to dig into your word and to, be, to just be refreshed by it, renewed and challenged. God, I pray that this place 
There'll be many more faces here next week that can come and hear about the good news that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.